In today's episode, we have an amazing guest, Leah, and we talk about building your health from the inside out using your genetics and also your heart. So make sure you listen to the entire thing. It's going to be amazing and share the episode with friends. Welcome to the Westeros Media Podcast, Lessons from the Ashes. We are here to tell the Phoenix Rising stories, coming up from the ashes to build businesses, to build personal brands, to parent, coming out all of it. The stories of those who came from nothing and did great things. We all have a Phoenix Rising story and I can't wait to hear yours. Join me every week for new podcast episodes. And of course, make sure you follow the show so that you never miss an episode. See you soon. Uh, welcome back to the West Coast Media Podcast, Lessons from the Ashes. I'm very, very excited to have a guest here live in person. Um, this is Leah. We met a year ago. Yeah. And I am just so inspired by all the things you do. Also, I love the new hair. Thank it looks you. amazing. Really goes with the theme of the podcast. So as you know, the um, theme of the podcast is lessons from the ashes. So we talk about business, we talk about life, and we talk about like those Phoenix rising stories. Yeah. And I love that your hair is matching the Phoenix <laughs> rising story right now. So I would love just like... You know, they're never quick, but a quick rundown of like, yeah. what is your main Phoenix rising story and who maybe start with who are you and yeah, is it you do? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Leah and I am a lover of life and I've always spent my entire life trying to seek out the next thing that was going to bring me joy. Mm. But I think that something that I didn't realize until I got into adulthood was I was masking joy by pleasing others. Oh, yeah. So I am a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty. Right? So what I have built my life into is to helping others feel their best in the wellness industry, specifically by using science through their DNA and integrating it with their values and basically creating a roadmap for them so that they can live optimally and prevent disease risk. That's amazing. It's a lot of fun. And it came all from my own challenges that I grew up as the sick kid Mm. and that's where it all started. Right. Yeah. So that was the first rising. And I spent a lot of time in preparation thinking about, okay, which story am I going to tell? (laughs) Nobody ever has just one. There's no just one rising um, moment. I feel like I've had many that have led to where I am today. Mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely one pivotal one, which I'll build towards. Uh, and that happened in my mid to late twenties and it, everything burnt to the ground. Everything burnt to the ground. I was 27. I had a good job. I was divorced, a single mom, and I re- had to rebuild myself. Oh, I know that story. Yes. <laughs> um, and so it's been a journey and it all started from the moment I was born, I was born, um, with a congenital bowel disorder. And so the first year of my entire life, I was 
sick. And not just a little bit sick, like on antibiotics 20 plus times, oh. seizures, not growing. Like I was mm -hmm. sick. And I ended up having um, this congenital bowel disorder and having to have three feet of my intestine removed at oh, one years old. And oh so goodness. it was huge. And my yeah. parents were left unguided by the medical system on how to care for a child that has a short gut. Right. So they didn't know. They were just like, okay, well, the problem is fixed, but here you go. Figure it out for yourself. And so with that, my entire childhood was plagued with illness after illness after illness. And like, I'm talking chickenpox three times, the mumps, the measles, rubella, like you name it, I had it. And it came to a point where people almost expected me to be sick. Um, Teachers expected me yeah. to be sick. And then people started despising me. Because if we were in group projects in school or in sports, oh, being sick again, or in, it, right. right? Like it really started to impact um, my ability to show up as who I wanted to be because of the exterior perception put onto me. And I was an athlete. I was a high-performing gymnast. And then I moved into luge and I was a luge athlete. And so I really put myself out there to be big and to try to reach these what I thought at the time, unattainable goals. Yeah. And then I'd get knocked down with illness. So when I was 14, I got my first job specifically. So, and ironically in the wellness industry, <laughs> believe it or not, I was uh, working at Canada Olympic park now Windsport, mm. And, um, I got my first job so that I could actually buy my own food. Oh, really? Yeah. And it had nothing to do with my parents' inability to feed me correctly, but I knew something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And I knew that my parents were doing their best, but we were moderate, you know, moderately well off. But this was before gluten-free was a thing. This was before yeah. people started looking at elimination diets and not like you go to a nutritionist and be like, you know, the basic feedback, but there wasn't a lot of support. So I started getting a job so I could pay for the specialty food. That's wild. Yeah. And, and then it just continued. And so, um, when I was 17 years old, I got meningitis and that completely flattened my whole career in luge. Um, it really transformed a lot of my sport life. And through that period of time, I was in a really traumatic relationship. And this is, you know, all the beginning of the people pleasing, mm. you know, well, I'm not good enough in this relationship. My worth starts to get kicked down again yeah. and again and again. I'm sick all the time. My worth starts to get kicked down again and again. And so I ended up pursuing my after high school career in wellness because I knew that there was something that I could do to give back to the world mm -hmm. that I hadn't really discovered yet. But you know, it just, I knew that there had to be more for people like myself. Yeah. Now, of course, in all of this, I'm still this like wounded, insecure, yes. <laughs> blossoming woman. And I, um, so I go to school 
to Mount Ohio University. I got my um, diploma in personal fitness training. I was registered in my kin degree and I decided to go against it because I could do more immediately with people. I wanted to work with people. Right. And I actually, you know, at that time I had started dating my now ex-husband. I met him when I was 18. And when I met him, it was all roses and it was great. And it was better than the traumatic relationship I was just coming out of. Mm-hmm. And I was in university and I was, you know, valedictorian and top of my class. And so I was thinking that I was really starting to build myself up. Mm-hmm. And I went into a career as a personal trainer and I had an amazing career as a personal trainer. I, um, I worked mainly at a boutique fitness studio and I did one-on-one personal training and I led people all over the world on fitness destinations, you know, rock climbing down in the States and hiking Machu Picchu and doing some really cool things. And in the background, I was trying to still be this perfect employee, perfect girlfriend. And, you know, I really came on here not sure of what depth I wanted to share things because I haven't really opened up publicly about, you know, some of the things that I've gone through. And while of course in every relationship, there are going to be really great moments. There's also things that start to build. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't recognize is the build was the breakdown of who I was. Mm. Yeah. And that came in the constant continual little pushes and digs and, and, uh, and we, you know, we went traveling, we traveled the world and, um, did some really, really cool things. And then when I got pregnant with my son at 25, which was something that I really wanted and, you know, we were, had discussed, um, that's when I think I was getting more mature than the person that I was in a relationship with. And that person was 10 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And so when I started you know, feeling, and I, there's no really nice way to say it, but like a 1940s, 1950s housewife, yeah. be heard, not seen, mm. your place, my money is my money, your money goes to the household thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're on mat leave, I have expectations to what to be done around the house, you're not on vacation. It was very, I had to become small. Yeah. And that smallness that I have endured since I was 15 years old, starting in relationships, even before then, from being constantly sick, mm-hmm. it started to build up and yeah. really weigh on me. And it was funny. And I'm going to tell a funny story. So when we were, um, when I was a personal trainer, the gym that I worked at used to have this thing called train the trainer. And once a year, the clients, it, there would be like a two hour block and clients could buy five minutes for $50 and all the money would go to charity mm-hmm. and they would kick your ass. It was like revenge. Pay back time. Like you want to talk about how many burpees you can fit into five minutes. I tell you, it's not. <laughs> it was so, it was hardcore. so hardcore. So much fun. Until one of my clients made me write lines. I will not get sick. I will not get sick. I will not get sick. Whoa. And I've like chills down my arms because at the time everybody's laughing and it was in fun. 
but inside it was this massive stamp on my self-esteem on my like it makes me emotional because I never believed that an identity could form off of illness until yeah. I was that person. Oh my God, that's hardcore. It was a lot. So um, I went and I had my beautiful son and things started to deteriorate within me. Mm-hmm. And as much as I tried to communicate my wishes, my desires, how I felt, and I was in a career change as well. So even though I was still working in this fitness role, or sorry, in the fitness and um, wellness industry, I'd now moved more into marketing. And I was back in university. I was getting my marketing certificate at um, UFC. Uh, so I was, you know, new mom, toxic relationship that was only seen on one side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't use the word that I associate with the behavior, but I'm sure many of us can correlate that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then I was a new mom. I was flailing. I was on my own because I was, I was the one that was going to care for the kid and make the dinners and keep the house clean and, and also do university and a job. Yeah. And all those things. And so, um, when my son was 20 months old, I made the decision to end my marriage Mm -hmm. and to leave. Believe it or not, that was not my burn down. (laughs) I can't actually believe that. Yeah. 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 That was not my burn down. Um, but if the reason why I'm sharing all this is because I truly believe that it's an accumulation of the things that we've gone through Mm -hmm. that get us to a point. Yeah. So while I have had, you know, a pretty traumatic relationship in high school and then, um, another one mentally mm-hmm. through my twenties in a marriage. I've had a son. I had a lot of successes too. Mm-hmm. I was a very successful personal trainer. I had built and developed the national, um, the national novice luge team. I recruited throughout Canada to get kids onto the team. I, I'd done some really cool things, but in all of that, I didn't know who I was anymore. Mm -hmm. I had my name. My name was Leah. I had a title. I was a marketing director at a wellness company. I had a son, but I had no joy. Yeah. I had no voice and I was so small. And all of the people who knew me and that were really close to me when I left that relationship, when we've lost you, we thought we lost you. We saw you slipping away. And so when I left and they're all like, yeah, we could have told you that was happening or that was going to come or we're so happy. And like, so I was at a spin class with my friend. Um, he used to be a client of mine and, and I was like, he's like, how are you doing? I was like, well, <laughs> uh, I've actually left my, my husband. And he was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, no, that was fine. I was looking at but okay. Like, it was really eye-opening that yeah. when you're in something that is so limiting, yeah. 
you fail to see how it is breaking yourself down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting congratulated on a breakup is a whole nother no Right? It's like, oh my good grief. I'm like, okay, that, that just happened. Okay. <laughs> on to the next one. Uh-huh. So anyway, so through all of this, um, I, it was not an easy divorce. Everything was a fight. Everything was, I mean, there were moments that it was okay, but I think the battle really came down with my son's mental health Mm -hmm. and it was seen on my side and not seen on the other side. And so it was really hard to talk to somebody who didn't see or believe that something was happening or believe that there was any causality on their behalf of the things that were happening. So I was navigating this and my workload at the place that I was working was becoming exceedingly overwhelming. Um, it was an amazing place. I have still very positive things to say about this company. It was a multifaceted company and we grew some really cool things there. But when I made the decision to leave that job, I was replaced with six others. Wow. So it was a lot. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is because this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I was working 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., single momming, in a divorce. Um, At that time, this was a couple years later, I was in a relationship and that was unstable, amazing human being. We did not work together. Um, I have nothing bad to say about this. This genuinely was a good human, but it wasn't for us. And, and it got so bad that I couldn't go to the grocery store without having anxiety. I would cry every moment of the day. I would cry sitting in my car before I walked into work. I'd cry in the bathrooms at work. I would cry driving home from work. It was everything that I wasn't allowed or didn't allow myself to feel for 27 years was just seeping out of my pores, Mm. just seeping out of my pores. And I ended up going on a stress leave and that stress leave was my break. That was my break. It was one of the hardest things that I went through, especially because I had to admit to myself that I wasn't okay. Mm. Even though every single person that you would have asked thought I was doing amazing, successful job, killing it as a mom, you know, like fit body, ate well, like all of these things. But inside I was pulling apart like at the seams. And so in that period of time, I, I actually went back into Western medicine in the sense that I need, I needed help. I needed support. And so, I mean, from the time that I got meningitis all the way, that was 10 years. I had seen every naturopath. I had seen Chinese medicine doctors. I'd see acupuncturists and gains in my health. But I think because my mental health was so broken, it didn't matter what I did. Yeah. So yeah, my mental health was so just pulled apart. And I finally realized that if, if I don't 
start looking after myself. And I thought I was looking after myself. Hmm. I had been in school. I had done so many nutrition courses. I had done my personal training courses. I mean, I freaking worked in a medical facility, like Western medicine, but I like, I thought I was doing the things I had yeah. a therapist and he was a godsend. Um, but clearly I wasn't aligning with me. Mm-hmm. You can do all the right things, but if you don't understand and align and hold true to your values, to your whys, to who do you want to be and show up in and what do you want to deliver in this world? doesn't matter. Oh, that's such a hard lesson though, because I think everybody wants a checklist. And if I just do the things on the checklist, everything will be fine. And that's impossible because even yeah. if they are the things you need to do, you're doing them from the wrong reasons. It still doesn't work. Oh man, this is yeah. my last year has yeah. been this exact lesson. <laughs> yes. It's a hard lesson. All of this. Oh, and if I feel this, it's, it's hard. And not that I'm saying that I don't still ever face this, mm-hmm. but it was, I had no other option to face it at that moment because you could, like you were saying, you can do all the things, but if you're still trying to do it, for a reason that isn't in your heart for somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? Like I wanted to be a good daughter. Mm. I wanted to be the good mom. I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to like, and then, but what did I want to be for myself? Yeah. And I had these dreams and I was living out some of the dreams, but it was almost as if my body was carrying me through the motions, Mm -hmm. but none of it was landing. Yeah. Like, did that actually happen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in this breakdown, I really believe that the universe has this incredible power to guide you and lead you when you finally listen. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time and I'm a pretty, I, um, I grew up in the Catholic school board. I wouldn't say that we, you know, were really overly religious growing up, but you know, there was that underseating school intervention that was there. But I always believed that there was something so much bigger that we didn't have control over that was guiding us. And we, you know, we call those our guardian angels in our family or spirit guides or the universe or God, whoever you choose to call this thing, this presence, this power, I stopped listening. Mm. And so I broke, I fell apart. I cried. I laid on the floor for days. My dad and I randomly went and got a dog. <laughs> like we did really crazy things. And all of this, my mom was on stress leave too. Mm. So it was this really big emotional break in my family. Everyone, yeah. And it was a big emotional break because I was going through my things. My mom was going through her things. My son had his things. And then my dad still worked for my ex-husband. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a lot. And then a lady that I hold very dear to my heart, she stepped in when I was on stress leave. She lives out in Toronto and she, I had hired her as a consultant in marketing um, for the company that I worked at. And she's like, I'm going to fly out. I'm going to take over. We were building a website at the time. I'm going to come in. I'm going to help you out. Um, you need to, you need to heal yourself. And while she was out, we had dinner and she was like, and like, love her and opening up about all of those things. And she's like, 
I think I have a job for you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a job right now. <laughs> I'm just going to hide out. But I couldn't hide out because I had a son. Yeah. He was free. But, right? So I was driven to get better because he needed me. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to care for self and it's one thing to care for self while nurturing someone else as well. Mm-hmm. It's so much extra. I think people who aren't, don't have kids or aren't the primary caregiver yeah. do not understand this. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big juggling act. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. And you know, they have their whole emotional thing and, and <laughs> me being a very emotional being, I, and knowing the other side that my son was going to, mm-hmm. I really took it upon myself to guide him through his emotions so that he could have a big emotional vocabulary so that he could feel, so he could feel safe. Some of the things that I wasn't allowed to do, mm-hmm. but how can I give that to him if I couldn't give that to myself? Yeah. So I'm in this dinner and this beautiful human goes, I have this job for you. So I'm like, okay, well, I haven't done a resume in 10 years. I do up a resume and I go for this, what I thought was an interview. It was a year hired. Oh, yeah. And long story short, this has been my last seven years of my life. And this physician that I ended up working with was one of the most pivotal people in helping me break through my fire and out of the ashes. And it's really funny because typically, and I mean this with so much love, if you are in the wellness or medical industry, many medical and wellness practitioners come with ego. They come with, um, sick care medicine mentality. Mm -hmm. And this physician that I was working with was the opposite in the sense of how can we prevent you from getting ill? Oh my God. From a functional medicine standpoint. So we are going to look at the roots of the tree to figure out why your leaves are falling off your freaking tree. We're not just going to try to take the leaf back on the branch. Oh my God. Can you imagine if all medicine, (laughs) honestly, it's like, we're going to, okay, perfect example. My mom, super bad back. She's stable. She has a stable degenerative back, so they won't do anything. So essentially she has to wait until she either breaks her back or is debilitated and won't walk before they step in and do anything. That seems backwards. That seems so backwards to me. And that was where my experience with a lot of my healing journey, not only in my mental health, but in my physical health Mm -hmm. is it was always felt like um, one step forwards, 18 steps backwards, because with one, um, support system, it assaulted another within yeah. my body. Mm-hmm. Now I will put this disclaimer out. We need Western medicine. You guys, like there is a place for it. I am not dissing it. I rely on it as well. So with my children, but when I entered into this functional medicine world, this holistic, this, we need to solve and prevent illness in people's life. It was like a switch went off and she brought me to all of the conferences and she brought me to, um, she, enabled me to go back to school again down in the States. And I got my functional medicine health coaching certification. And I really started to, for the first time, 
realize what I was meant to be on this earth for. And I always knew that it was to be to work with people, which is why I crashed and burned in marketing. Right. Like I was good, but to sit behind a computer screen for hours a day, like no, that's not like I need to talk to people. I want to help people. Where are the people? So I completely committed myself to therapy, to showing up, to stepping into myself, to going back to the things that I threw away, to connecting to friends that I lost while I was in my relationship, to starting to dance again, love dance. What an expression of self Mm -hmm. started to color my fucking hair. I love that. Right? Like, and I can't stop now because it is such a part of my identity. Some people are tattoos, some people are piercing, some people is painting or gardening or whatever your thing is. Mine is coloring my hair and it seems so simple, but it was this radical expression of defiance Mm -hmm. because all of my life I was being small and following the leader. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to be the leader. Yeah. And you're going to watch me fucking come out of the fire. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a big shift. And within this time, I, like I was saying, I built myself, mm-hmm. but I had to break into a million pieces and lay it all out on the table and go, how the fuck am I going to put these back together? Yeah. How are we going to do this? And I, I, it's not like it's, I say this all the time. How do you even eat an elephant one bite at a time? Don't eat elephants, you guys. <laughs> save the ad like I don't eat an elephant. But it's the same. <laughs> it's the same with a puzzle, right? You yeah. can't you're just like magically put it together. It's one piece at a time, and that's what I did. And I started layering things, one thing on top of the other. Mm-hmm. And first, it had to start with my whys. It had to start with why am I here? Mm-hmm. Who am I here to serve? What are my values? Why am I showing up in this life every day? Why do I wake up in the morning? Mm-hmm. And until I got really clear on who I am, then I started to get my health back. <sighs> yeah. Then I started to get rarely sick. Mm-hmm. Then I started to be able to put one foot in front of the other and hold space for my son as he navigated things that I navigated while I was in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Things that would normally trigger me are no longer triggers because I can step back and go, I am here. I don't know. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. Love Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. So she talks about, um, holding empathy. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a difference between if you, if somebody falls into a hole and you throw a rope down the hole and you say, Hey, pull yourself out of the hole. That's sympathy. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, what can I do to help? No, I'm getting down in the hole with you. Mm-hmm. I might not have had the same experience, but I'm going to hold the space Yeah. and we're going to climb out together. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have somebody to do that with me. Mm-hmm. And so when I started going through my, my whys and why am I showing up and who do I want to help and how can I be a service in this lifetime, that was what I want to do. I want to hold space for you so you can be your highest self and how I'm able to hold space for you and you're being your highest self is through health and wellness. So there's a difference between me being able to say, okay, stop. I want you to eat more broccoli. 
<laughs> You're like, that's terrible advice. <laughs> okay, but why? Right. Do we want to eat more broccoli? Does it align with you? Do you even like it? Are you going to gag? I'm not going to make you eat something if it's going to make you gag. Like, I want to sit with you, find the things that are going to resonate so deeply with you that it isn't a diet. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a habit. It is error. It's not a habit that you have to work on. It is your life. Yeah. It's your life. So it's funny because, you know, what was my Phoenix rising moment? To be honest, I feel like I'm in one right now. I'm in a completely different transitional phase of my life. I'm a new entrepreneur and something that I sought out as to offer people with genetic lifestyle coaching is transforming before my eyes into something that I didn't even think could be possible. Yeah. Um, I had a train of thought. I lost it. <laughs> but the matter of the point, the matter of the fact is I can, there's a million coaches out there. There's a million nutrition coaches. There's a million personal trainers. There's a million. And I've been there. I've had them. I've walked through them. Very, very few of them have asked me, why do you actually want to do this? Yeah. Why is this important to you? How do you see yourself in 20 years? Do you see yourself sick? Do you see yourself healthy? Do you identify with that person? If I don't identify with being safe, with being empathetic, with being healthy, with being grounded, with being open, with being all of the things that I want to provide to my people, to my clients, mm -hmm. then how can I help you get there? Oh, this is so great because I think there's, so, it's so scary that there's so many people out there who haven't done their own work and they're trying to help people. And then everyone flounders and fails. And then people are offended and hurt, like <laughs> deeply hurt by yeah. people. I've had this, you know, people who say one thing and then they can't actually give it. And then you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? right? It actually wounds you. Like, like yeah. it's crazy to have to like go to therapy after hiring someone to help you. Yeah. To like recover from that before you can even like get back <laughs> to square one, you know, like we shouldn't have to do that. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. And I think it's like, the, the, there's so much advice that's so toxic and scary. And you know, like even when you take your kids in and you hear something and you're like, wait, wait, really? This is the plan. Yeah. And I know nothing about this, but like my spidey senses go off sometimes. And I'm like, wait, I don't know. I don't think this is the plan. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. But like having somebody who actually would like, like, can you imagine if your family doctor asked you why? Mm. Like the only thing my doctor ever says to me is lose weight. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, actually, I work out five times a week. I'm very strong. Yes. And she's like, you need to drop 20 pounds. I'm like, do I yeah. though? Is this the plan? Really? Yeah. It's so And it makes me so sad. And it makes me even more sad. I mean, for men and women, but for women, because one, we're not studied mm -hmm. enough of. Yeah. Right? Like they just figured out how big the clitoris was yeah. like a year ago. This is a bit, it's important. It's important. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah, it's, it's not a bean. Bean. No, the whole creature. It is. We need to focus on that. But it's true. <laughs> We are, and this is why I really loved working at my last place of work and why I was inspired to build my own business is 
we shouldn't have to feel shame or guilt for wanting to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And that is what our society has made it. Yeah. Right. It is. Oh, you can't do five push-ups, or you're not doing this diet or you haven't tried this new supplement or you have. And it's like, I don't even know where to start. My doctor's telling me to do this, but all they say is lose weight. Mm -hmm. Well, how? Yeah. What works for me? What doesn't? And then I go to the internet and it says, I need to do the keto diet and hit training, Mm -hmm. but then you get burnt out and then you're not sleeping. And then you enter perimenopause and your hormones are thrown for a whack and they're Mm -hmm. like, sorry, you'll be fine. Take estrogen. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more we can do. And I'm not saying that I have all the answers. What I'm saying is If you are given an opportunity to really dive into you. So I am a lifestyle coach. I am not a personal trainer. I am not a health coach. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a genetic counselor. I'm all those things. Yeah. But I am all of those things tying them into you as a being Mm -hmm. because none of those things will align if you are not solid in your core. Yeah. So how do we start with your core and then build these things so that they blend into your life Yeah. and that they last in your life because we are meant to live long, healthy lives. Yes. And we're not, we're sick. We're scared. We're filled with shame, sick shame. This has been my thing lately. And so, My multiple risings, my multiple falls, my multiple getting back up after again and again and again. And I mean, some of them may not sound that significant, but when you pile them all together, they were very significant. And it really takes a hit to your individuality, to your creativity, to your who the hell am I and why am I showing up? And then you discover and you start to do the work and you start to show up for yourself every day and you start to put one foot in front of the other and front of the other and front of the other. It aligns. And I can honestly, truly say I have never felt more grounded, more stable, more healthy than I ever have in my entire life. And I'm 36 years old. That's amazing. I, I love that. If like we always talk on the podcast about like being able to like give people tools because the worst thing in the world is like when I was at my like very lowest, like in the ashes, I felt like the only way to get like any kind of help was to either already be healthy and be able to like strive for something better or like have a bajillion dollars and like all my other ducks in a row. So I could tackle this one thing. Yeah. So if you could give advice to anyone who's like, they're in the muck yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Like, what would you say? Like, what's a good first step? If they're like, my health is off and I'm in the muck, what should I do? Yeah. Honestly, take a deep fucking breath. <laughs> Just like, <sighs> we forgot to breathe. Mm-hmm. Our breath is life. And without proper breath, we are throwing our body into a state of panic, anxiety, depression, like so many things. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I never learned to do properly, even though being an athlete and being involved and being a personal trainer and, is just breathe. Mm-hmm. We are so busy 
in our everyday life. And I think when you're really down in the ashes, at least for me, in my experience, I tried to fill the holes everywhere so that I didn't have to think. Mm -hmm. I tried to keep myself busy or read the next book or get the next advice or go to the, see a friend or do some, sometimes I just didn't get out of bed and I just like sat there and cried my face off, which you need to do too. Mm -hmm. But in nowhere in that, did I stop, close my eyes, put my hand on my heart and my stomach, just fucking breathe, Mm -hmm. just breathe, take five deep breaths, put an alarm on your phone. Five times a day, once a day. I don't care, once a day. Yeah. And take five nourishing breaths and then drink a big ass glass of water. <laughs> Let's hydrate, you guys. Yeah. We are sick and we are tired and we are dehydrated as shit. We live in Calgary. Yeah. Oh, it's. And if you're not in Calgary, still drink water. Yes. <laughs> like, it sounds so, so simple. But when you're hydrated, when you have big inflated lungs filled with nurturing air, the brain and the gut connection, we reset our vagus nerve. I'm not going to get into all of that, but we're actually able to think Mm -hmm. when we open up our body's ability to think, Mm -hmm. then we can start to put the one step in front of the other. And the easiest thing, if you're just starting, like don't go change your whole diet. Don't go change your whole workout. Don't go, you know, gung ho. Cause trust me, it will not last. Mm-hmm. But what's one thing that you can do and attach it to something that you already do. Mm. James clear talks about this all the time. Habit stacking. Guys. Yeah. He's amazing. Habit stacking. Yeah. Okay. I actually was just having a conversation with a beautiful client this morning about this. It's like, okay, well, do you get up to go pee when you are working? Yes. Okay. Walk five times back and forth down your hallway. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Simple things. What is one little thing that you can add on? And the thing that I want you to remember and what I want you to put in the back of your mind is, is this behavior that I am about to do, is it leading me towards my goals, towards health, towards longevity, or is it leading me towards staleness, towards disease, towards unhealthiness? And if we can really sit and take that moment, breathe, is this activity that I'm about to do aligning with moving forward Mm -hmm. versus moving backward? That's it. That's where we get to start to make the change. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've had such like my own health journey has been so complicated. Like when I was younger, it was like all super hardcore disordered eating. Like, yeah, I just had to be thin. I had, I was in a relationship with somebody who literally like every day would be like pinch. Yeah. Oh, you should go for a run. You're too fat. Like I was not fat. No, by any stretch of the imagination. And then I had kids and I was just like, well, my body's completely different. Like, what do I even do with this now? And then I had to like try and learn how to be healthy again, but like not through the lens of dieting. Yeah. You know, like when people say like counting, like I know for myself, I can never count calories or any of that. No, like I just, it gets too in my head and then I go down the wrong path. Yeah. And it's like so hard because anytime you look up advice, the only reason people think you want to get healthy is to get, to lose weight. Yeah. And like, even I have like a, a, 
smart scale. Yeah. And I should just throw it away. But <laughs> I stepped on it. Like I don't go on very often, but I stepped on it and I was like, I'm like, I had just finished my workout. I yeah. just finished my cold plunge. I looked in the mirror. I was like, damn, yeah. I'm like looking good. Like I'm strong. I'm fit. I do five workouts a week. And I got on that fucking scale and it said that I was too fat percentage. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know me. Son of a bitch. Right? And then my doctor says, you need to lose weight. Yeah. And I'm like, if I lost 20 pounds, I would be miserable. Yeah. And oh, it's just, it's so cool that you have this whole shift of like, why? Cause that, that was like, I had to be like, well, why do I work out? Cause for a while I was working out to try and be skinny. And then for a while I was working out because my brain was so like, when I was like going through coming out and my divorce, I was like, I had to, I just had this like motor inside me. I was like, I have to make my body as exhausted as my brain so that we can sleep. Yeah. I just like, that was literally the only, like I ran 10 K a day that yeah. I was like, I was like, I looked awesome, but I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't even like compute with it. I ate so much to try and keep up with that. But I was like, I just need my energy to match. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. I feel pretty grounded. Yeah. But I also don't like want to be skinny. Yeah. So like, what, what am I doing now? And I'm like, I just, I don't want to be sick. Yeah. Because last year me and my kids were sick so much like all winter. Yeah. I was like, this is terrible. We can't live like this. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to be healthy so that I can like get to bedtime without like having a meltdown. Yeah. I yeah. Want, like, that's huge. Cause I'm like, it's hard because I get up early because that's like my favorite time. I'm like, yeah. no one's awake. Quiet time. Quiet. Time. Workout. Yes. Journaling and all my good, good stuff. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> and then I do my whole day and then I just like make supper because yeah. there's no one here, right? Yeah. It's just me, which yeah. people don't talk about how exhausting it is. Like I don't even it have is. someone to like pick up milk for me. Like yeah. it's everything for me. Yeah. And then I have to do the whole bedtime thing and I have a kid with ADHD. So bedtime is not like, here's a story, go to bed. No, it's like two hours. It's like a yeah. Throw down. Yeah. It's a throw down. <laughs> and I, I one like that too. I yeah. guess. So yeah. my why literally was like, I want to get to bedtime without crying my face off. Yeah. And that's just it is it doesn't have to be these big whys. Mm-hmm. Like I have people who are like, I want to be able to get up and play with my grandkids. Yeah. I want to get to bedtime without melting down. Mm-hmm. I want to get to Christmas without ripping somebody's face off. Right? Like we're going for fluids at the fucking hospital. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be big, but it does have to matter. Mm-hmm. And so the really cool thing that, you know, we, we look at the why we look at your values. You look at how is that going to correlate with who, who you want to be? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's almost looking ahead a little bit. And if I were to see myself in five, 10, 30 years, yeah. do I want to be frail with a walker and, you know, or do I want to see myself still lifting weights and still yeah. running with grandkids or whatever? Like, where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And then, and then we fold science in. Yeah. And that's when it gets super cool. I don't get too much into it, but your body, your DNA literally maps it out for us as to how to move your body, what to eat, how are you going to process, metabolize, move toxins and minerals and nutrients through your body? Mm -hmm. How are you going to handle stress? And when you start to know these things and you start to put them into alignment 
one, you don't have to guess. So you don't have to Google anything ever again. Cause it's like try 25 things. <laughs> exactly. It takes a long time. It does. To try that many things. Yeah. So you don't have to guess. It is absolutely what your body needs because you are the only person in this world that has that genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. And when you start to just like, when you start to live in alignment with your whys, and then you actually live in alignment with what your body actually requires to exist mm -hmm. and not just exist, but thrive off you go. Oh, right. That was so cool. Like I literally, <laughs> before I met you had no idea this was even a thing. Yeah. It's, it's new. Okay. So the genetics in itself compared to medicine as a whole mm -hmm. is newer science. I mean, we only just finished mapping out the human genome like 15 years ago. Like it's right. not long. It's fresh. It's pretty it's fresh. fresh. However, um, there are becoming more and more people starting to coach on genetics. There are not many people who do what I do in the sense mm -hmm. that look at you as a human, you are a beautiful human and I cannot treat you. I cannot work with you. I cannot build a journey with you. If we don't know who you are, why you're here, what do you want to do? What do you identify with? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, look at your symptoms, look at your family history, your history. We build it all into one thing mm -hmm. because that is how you're going to live a long, healthy life. You can live and you can do your genetics and you can have them tested and you can do all of the things. But like I said, I was doing all of the things, right? But I was living small. I was, I wasn't showing up. I didn't have a voice. I was being small. I was, um, people pleasing. I was trying to be perfect in every little thing in my life. And I still fucking broke. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. I just, I love this though, because like, this is also like, it's reminding me like what I do, like, yeah, you can have great pictures and you can have, you can have a marketing degree and you can still fucking fail by, you know, promoting your business. Yeah. Like think about the whole thing and people are like, Oh, it's all about this. I'm like, well, it's actually all about everything. Like it's all about like the things you give a shit about, yes. you know? Like people are like, Oh, I got someone to make me a logo, but I hate the colors. I'm like, then don't pick that one. No. They're like, well. Really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hate how it looks. You don't don't use it. it. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah. Yes. And so it has to feel good to you. Mm -hmm. And am I done growing? Fuck no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, do I still have a day and I'm like, <laughs> make a chips. Yeah. I'm human. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, I do this for a living. Yes. I, I, I coach and I breathe wellness and health, but I am human mm -hmm. and I expect you to be human. And so when we work together or when I work with my people, there isn't this, you do this or it's not going to work. It's right. What does your life look like? And I literally ask people multiple times, walk me through a day in your life. I want to know the minute you wake up, the time you take your first shit, the time that you brush your teeth, the time, like, I want to know. Yeah. Because I, if none of these things work with you, you're not going to do them. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And so I still fuck up and yeah. I'm still growing and I'm going through another rising right now. And it is the most spiritual rising because mm. I have never felt so aligned with listening to external guidance. Mm. 
That's we won't get in that today, but that's a whole other thing. It's a whole new thing. Um. So I guess I'll leave it with life is hard, mm -hmm. and we all have our dips and our lows. And you know, I I shared a scratching the surface today. Yeah. But if you really truly learn to listen to your heart, to yourself, to who you want to be and show up in as this world, your health will follow. Your health will follow. I'm living proof. I was the fucking sick kid. Mm -hmm. I'm not the sick kid anymore. No. I'm not the sick kid. Like, it's so crazy. I don't know if I've actually said it out loud. Like, I'm not the sick kid anymore. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and being so vulnerable while you're doing it because it's just, I think so many people aren't honest about what it actually feels like, Yeah. you know? So if people want to, they're like, holy shit, like sign me up. Like, <laughs> how do I do this? So if somebody wants to change their genetic, their life, yeah. use their genetics mm -hmm. and talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. Like what is the process? Yeah. So first and foremost, follow me on Instagram. At genetic.connection, show notes. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to start by hopping on a call. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you. I want to know who you are. I want to meet with you. I want to hear your life. I want to hear what you're excited about, what you're not excited about. Um, and then if you do want to go down the genetic route, I have different programs that I offer because everybody requires something different. Mm. And the thing about the genetic testing that I do is every single genetic test for every single person looks different mm. because you're not me, not your neighbor. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily need the exact same tests. So I use a private company and we custom order. Mm -hmm. And then we build and then we start to dig in. So depending on what you need, we'll determine that. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been, I feel like we could talk for like seven years. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, thank you so much. Thank and you. I can't, can't wait. So make sure that you go and you follow um, along on Instagram and I will put all the links below and definitely share this episode because I know somebody in your life needs to hear it. Hey, I'm Stephanie Rose and I am the host of the West Rose Media Podcast, Lessons from the Ashes. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on threads and on TikTok and all the places. My handle is at West Rose Media. Check out my website too. There are so many resources for people just like you, people who are climbing out of the ashes, ready to make a new life. I got you, babe. Make sure you follow along. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode and I can keep doing the magic. I can't wait to keep going. Let's get into it.